Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Book of Genesis, chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, and we'll actually start at verse 1, and then we will continue reading the entire Bible tonight through Revelation. Oh, sorry about that. That was the wrong, wrong study. Genesis chapter 1, and let's go ahead and look at verse 26. You know, two weeks ago, we spent a little time talking about the Trinity, explaining and understanding how God comes to us as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three in one. And in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, the Bible says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the face of the earth. You and I... We're part of God's plan from the beginning. You and I are fashioned in a way that we are a trinity ourselves. We live in this body, but we are a spirit being and we have a soul. We have this connection that was given to us by God. He has a relationship that he wants fellowship with us. So when we start to understand what this says here, he's saying, let us, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, make man in our image. Man being mankind, male and female together. They were created to have dominion. Now, in our world today, it seems that so many times, so many outside forces seem to have more control over us than we have control over us. And it's important to know that God gave you a spiritual dominion and a spiritual authority. You do not have to just sit back and take whatever comes your way. Uh, there's a whole lot of folks out there in our world that are so discouraged because it just seems like the, the, the deck is stacked against them. Everything that could go wrong does go wrong. And the list goes on and on and on for things that are happening out there. But yet the Bible says that we were created in God's image and likeness. So we have to remember God is a God who pushes through to victory. God still has a plan for mankind. And as crazy as things look right now in our history, I want you to know God's not nervous. He still has a plan. And he tells us even in the end when it looks like the enemy is winning, well, the good news is even on that day toward the war of Armageddon and all those things that happened the very last moment in time, that God still has a plan. And he interrupts history and brings about his glory and his power. I am well ready to receive a God interruption. I am ready for God to interrupt my daily routine. I am ready for God to interrupt the things that are going on just in the natural around me because I want to hear from him. I'm open to him. I'm, I'm not against a move of God. I'm willing to do something different. I'm willing to change up some things. If you think about it, when you got born again, when you gave your life to Christ, you opened up to a change. 
And with that change, you started to think differently. You started to process differently. You, you were reasoning in your brain because before you felt like you were on the bottom end and that there was not a whole lot of hope for you. But Christ came in and he forgave you of your sins. He gave you a brand new start. Now listen, if you've got a brand new start, there's no limitation. Yeah, but you know, I've, I've started and stopped and started and stopped so many times. You know, it's sort of like in January. New Year's Day comes and everybody's ready for a diet. And then they look over at the kitchen table and they see all the cookies and fudge and other things that were left over from Christmas and they say, It'll probably take us a week to get through all of that. I'll start my diet the week after. And I'll start it the week after that. And then, well, you know, your birthday's coming up, and we always do something special for that. So we'll push it back a little bit later. Well, Valentine's Day is coming up. And, you know, candy and other sacrifices and, and goodies go on at that time. We better go ahead and, and push it back a little bit further. Well, March comes along as St. Patrick's Day. Whew, you know, goodness, you don't want to upset the Irish. So you go ahead and, and you keep pushing it back. April Fool's Day comes. Well, I'm not going to be anybody's fool. I'm not going to start my diet now. May comes around and you start to think, well, it's Mother's Day. I don't want to let my mom down. So let's go ahead and push it back a little further. June comes Father's Day. Well, you know, Father's Day, my goodness. You don't want to let your dad down. July comes. Oh, my I can't let America down. And July rolls around. August comes, and you think, this is the month that I'm going to start my diet. There's no big holiday right here. <coughs> Excuse me. You start your diet up, and then you fall off the wagon. You start your diet up, you fall off the wagon. Then September comes, well, it's Labor Day. And before you know it, October comes, well, the kids are going to have all the candy left over from the end of the month. November comes, it's Thanksgiving. December comes, it's Christmas. Well, maybe next year. We'll just keep putting it off till next year. Sometimes we start reasoning in our head with so many failures that we've had, with things that we've started and stopped, that we let that carry over spiritually. But the good news is, spiritually, things are different than just in the natural. Because even if you start something and then you stop, you can pick it right back up. You can start again. Don't allow yourself to feel that you cannot have a relationship with God. He wants you to have this dominion. He wants you to have this authority so that whatever comes your way, doesn't matter if it's economics, doesn't matter these kind of things. Well, Pastor, you know, coming up this weekend, it's going to be September the 11th. You know, they're saying that there could be some chances of some terrorist attacks, this type of thing. Well, you know, how are you praying about that? I believe ahead of time that we need to pray and be in faith about things. You know, when I pray about September 11th, I pray that if the enemy has any kind of plans out there, they're going to be exposed and he'll be stopped and it won't be allowed to go forward. That's how I pray. That's how I speak out. Because it's important to know that what we speak out reflects what's on the inside of us. Some people always talk about their fears. Some people always talk about their own shortcomings. Sometimes people talk about other people's shortcomings. But we've got to know that when we are speaking in the word of God and reading what we read and trusting, we've got to know that God said, let us make man in our image. God was not making a failure and none of you are failures. Doesn't matter what's happened in the past, you were made in his image and likeness. So where else does he want to take us? 
Let's go back in the New Testament to the book of James. Boy, James is one of those books that when a fellow named Martin Luther came along at one point in church history, he saw that much of the organized church was not teaching people how to live by faith. And so he started reading through the book of James, and he saw that scripture that says, the just shall live by faith, and it transformed his life. Before you know it, October 31st came around in that particular year. I think it was uh, 1559. He went to the big Catholic church that was there in his community, and he had this paper called the 95 Thesis. And he nailed this thing to the door of the Wittenberg church, and it was all about living by faith. Well, you can imagine it didn't make him very popular with the Catholic Church. But yet at the same time, all he was talking about was, I'm tired of trying to earn my salvation. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. And I believe that I will live by faith. It changed everything within the course of history. Gen men like John Huss and others that came along after that, they had grabbed onto the truth that he was trying to say that everyone has a right to read the Bible, everyone has a right to trust in the Word of God, and God is not looking just for professionals, he's looking for people who will live by faith. So in James chapter 4, take a look at verse 3. James chapter 4 and verse 3 you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it upon your own pleasure. Sometimes people get confused about the way they're supposed to pray. And so if they haven't studied the word much, they aren't really sure how they're supposed to pray, what they're to do. James is trying to share here the truth that's coming out. He's beginning to speak throughout this, and as the apostles are ministering and speaking into his life, he's wanting to know and to teach others that it really does matter how you pray. You don't want to just always leave everything up to chance. And, and some people think, well, whatever God's will is, it's going to happen anyway, because it's God's will. Let me tell you, God's will is in his word. The Word of God is His will. And this book tells us that there is an enemy that would like to stop you from receiving God's will. So how do we deal with that? How do I know what's God's will and how do I know what is from the enemy? Well, we're not going to go to this scripture tonight because we quote it and speak it so much around here. But in the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10, it says, The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. So here's the way we judge things. Is it killing, stealing, and destroying? If it is, it's not from God. Jesus came that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. Now, is it going to bless me? Is it going to cause me to grow? And listen, sometimes growing in the things of God are a little bit strenuous on us because we have to let go of some things in the natural and grab on to something new in the spirit. But it's always worthwhile. God always wants to bless you. And in that blessing, it may pull you loose from some things in the natural. But you know, sometimes we're holding on to certain things in the natural that have nothing to do with God. Maybe it's an old habit, an old idea. Maybe you had people tell you old wives' tales all the time. Well, Pastor, you know, I believe what that Bible verse says, cleanliness is next to godliness. You know, that was just your mother's way of getting you to wash behind your ears. That's not a real Bible verse. 
Sort of sounds like it, doesn't it? Cleanliness is next to godliness. Now, it's true that God wants you to keep yourself clean and away from disease, and, and washing can do that. But, folks, just being clean behind the ears is not spiritual. How many other things have you heard that sound spiritual, but they're not true? Bad things always happen in threes. You know who came up with that one? Because Peter denied Jesus three times. Now, it's not in the Bible, by the way. He denied Jesus three times. But do you remember how when he was getting restored, what happened to him? Jesus spoke to him, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And each time he would say, yes, Lord, I'll do this. Yes, yes, yes. There was a restoration happening. Don't just sit back and expect bad things. Man, I just know tonight when I go out in the parking lot, somebody's going to come whipping around that corner out there and probably hit my car. Now, you start getting an attitude like that, you know what? You're going to start driving crazy. And because you start driving crazy, you won't be driving normal defensively or anything else. And you could set yourself up to have an accident. You mean just by saying that word? I'm talking about believing what you're saying. Just saying something one time isn't going to mess you up. Okay? We're not talking witchcraft or casting spells. We're talking about what the Bible speaks to us, that we need to challenge ourselves on what we do, how we pray, and what we believe. There's a right and a wrong way. The Bible speaks to us that it should matter how we speak to the Father, how we go before him, how we believe things. Now, saying something wrong with the wrong motivation really messes things up. It's sort of like giving a person a compliment, but it's not a compliment. It'd be like going up to somebody who's, who's very overweight and saying to them, wow, I didn't know they made clothes that size. Boy, wouldn't that be awful? That'd be terrible. That's nothing nice. Well, I was telling them, you know, I liked the outfit, but I didn't think they ever made anything that big. There's better ways to say that than speaking it like that. You see, the other thing is medical science has found this out, that the speech center in our brain rules over all the nerves in your body. Now, isn't that interesting? The speech center in your brain has this power that it rules over all the nerve endings in your body. So everything's connected together here at the back of your brain and goes out through the entire body. We're not talking about just saying something to try to use mind over matter, but we are talking about how God sets you up, that you have a right to speak to your body, to speak to your blood pressure, to speak to your kidneys, to speak to your stomach, to speak, and it goes on and on. If you're having problems sleeping, for you to begin to use your faith and say, Lord, there's a Bible verse that says that you give us sweet sleep. And I'm standing on that promise tonight. I need some good sleep. What does that do? The moment you start speaking out those things, the moment you start believing what you're speaking, it begins to affect your body. Now, just the first few times that you say something, your body's not going to believe it. Because you say all kinds of crazy things. You know, it really wasn't cold this morning. It was just a little bit cooler than in, in the last few days. But people say things like this when the weather changes. Oh, my goodness, I, I just thought I was going to freeze to death. Now, do you mean that? Of course you don't. It's just a silly old saying, isn't it? But you know how many people say things like that? I'm telling you, or they walk into a place and it's so hot, and they just say, oh, man, I'm freezing in here. Your speech center and your nerve endings know that you're a teaser and a joker. 
So then you start speaking out and you start saying, well, I believe in the name of Jesus that my body's healed according to the word of God. And your nerve endings say, yeah, sure. Because it doesn't know if you really believe it. Believing is taking faith and putting it to the things that we hope for. Our hopes are the dreams and the ideas that are out there, but how do we convince ourselves that we truly believe? Well, the verses that we know are very familiar around here says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if we're going to encourage ourselves, we've got to be able to get the word inside of us. Probably a page over in your Bible is in the book of James chapter 3. And uh, let's look at verse 2. James chapter 3 and verse 2 through 8. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they will obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great of a forest a little fire kindles? And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets the fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Boy, that can be pretty descriptive. If you ever had somebody tell rumors about you or tell a story, it can almost seem like they're just trying to poison people's opinions of you. No man can tame the tongue, but what can happen? The Spirit of God can tame your tongue. When God comes in you, you were talking like an unbeliever before. Now you're going to start talking like a believer. Before you know it, you were telling everybody else how bad everything was and how rotten things are, and it's only going to get worse. And now you start speaking and say, you know, every day is a good day with God. Every day is a new opportunity to live for the Lord. A gentleman who was the former police chief for the city of East Moline, uh, I stay in contact with him. And his favorite phrase, when you meet him to start out with, I say, how you doing today? And he says, every day is a good day when you're above ground. Now, that's his little cliche. That's his little saying. But he uses that to remind himself that he has been given another day to be alive. Every one of you here tonight, you're alive. You've got the possibilities of everything working for you as you believe and trust in God. The tongue is powerful. It can manipulate the body. It can change all kinds of things. Wrong confessions bring wrong results. Remember, if we're going to be speaking the word, if we're going to be praying the word, then we have a right to believe for God's answer to our prayers. But let's not go along with everything else that's out there. Let's know this, that sometimes our bodies are under attack from sickness. And instead of letting sickness get all the glory that's attacking our body, let's speak to that sickness and say, now, in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave my body. Well, I, I don't know. I don't have that kind of power. Yes, you do. 
You've got the power of God working in your life. You have a miracle working God. And because those things that attack our body make us feel bad and, and we don't feel up to strength. I mean, have you ever had sickness just sort of knock you out that you just didn't even want to get out of bed? Or you had something that seemed to come on you that you thought, I just don't have the energy to keep going. Do what you can do with the energy you have. Get started. Once you get started, you're going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. That's how we win the victories. Unbelief can be so powerful. We don't even realize it's in our lives. Now, some people believe this. Well, you know, it's not going to happen unless it's God's will. So God must have given me this sickness. God must have put this on me. I'm, I probably deserve it. I've heard people say that kind of stuff. I deserve it. Pastor, you don't know, but I did all these bad things, and I'm sure I deserve this. Listen, Jesus paid a debt that he did not owe on Calvary. Hallelujah. He paid for our sins. Now, if he paid that debt and we couldn't pay it ourselves, I want you to know that even if you did certain things in the past to affect your body, I don't care whether it were drugs, I don't care what kind of things that went on there, even though you may have done those things, God is not wanting you to be punished from those actions. God wants to make your body whole. So don't just accept whatever comes down the pike. Don't ever just allow those things to control you. What you speak you are going to get. And faith rises up inside of us in such a way that we start looking at things that are completely impossible and saying, you know what? The only thing we can believe for is a miracle. In the natural, there's no way this is ever going to work out. But God. But God. He has a way of doing that. Oh, my goodness, i got to tell you. Sometimes when you get overwhelmed in your thoughts, you just need to stop and say, mind be quiet. Mind be quiet. I, I just can't handle hearing one more bad report. We're talking tonight about faith. We're talking about how it begins to work in our lives. Let's go ahead over to the book of Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 and verse 8 through 10. Now we know this is the basic plan of salvation. It's one of those easy ones you can begin to memorize so that when you're talking to people and you're letting them know why you have the hope you have with God and the security you have in him, you can just say, well, it's just like Romans 10, 9 and 10 says. So you start to read even up in verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now let's make sure the word we have in our mouth is the same thing that we have in our heart. What if you were trained wrong? What if you were told that you had to always be on the bottom? Listen, you're never going to get ahead. You don't have the right education. You were born on the wrong side of the tracks. You will never get ahead. You're always going to be a loser. Don't you listen to any of that garbage. I'm here today to tell you that the words we read at the beginning said you were created in God's image and likeness. So never, never, never let someone pigeonhole you and tell you what you will not be able to do. Because in Christ, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
Verse 9 goes on and says that if you confess with your mouth and believe the Lord Jesus in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Hallelujah. Let's make some confessions. Oh, you mean we're supposed to talk about our sins? No, no, no. We're not talking about confessing your sin here. Okay? Let's talk about confession as something that we say and what we believe. All right. I love my mom and dad. That's a confession. I love my wife. That is a confession. I love the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a confession. What we speak is part of what we believe. Now, the more we believe something, the more we talk about it. This afternoon, I got a crazy text message from one of the boys in high school that I ran around with for years. And he, I haven't heard from him in, in six months. And he sent this text with a picture underneath it. And here was this little orange car. And I'm thinking, he's driving, taking the picture of this. And underneath it, he writes and he says, I'm trying to remember, when I saw this car today, it brought all those memories back inside me. Didn't you have an orange car? And I wrote back to him, and I said, no, no. I said, I, I said uh, for the four of us, we always used our last names for everything, okay? I said, no, Darby had the orange car. He had an orange Vega. I said, I had a green Chevelle. And uh, this would have been in 1976. And he wrote back and he said, I thought you had a little foreign car. And so I wrote back to him and I said, well, in 1977, I sold the Chevelle because of the oil embargo and all the price hikes that were going on. Because, you know, <laughs> gas was almost 60 cents a gallon. And I said, I sold the Chevelle because, you know, it was a great big eight cylinder I mean, it could move. It was a good-looking car. I don't know why I had it as a 16-year-old. My mom and dad must have been crazy. No, it was a good car, especially when they didn't know how fast I was going. So I sold the Chevelle, and I bought a Toyota Corolla, a red Toyota Corolla. Man, my grandfather called that car the Red Flash. It could still move, too, even with four cylinders. But I wrote back to Dave, and I said, no, 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 I, I sold that when all those things were going on and bought this little red Toyota. And he wrote back, and he says, now I remember that car. He said, boy, just seeing that orange one brought back all the memories of us together as kids. Isn't it funny how something can spark your memory? Even just a car driving by you can take you back in certain memories and thoughts. Now, some of those memories are good. But occasionally something comes along and it sparks a memory that's not so good. And that thing tries to come up and say, remember what happened to so-and-so in your family? Remember, they were good people too, and yet they had this and this happen to them. What makes you think you're any better? First of all, you and I are not better than anybody. But we have a Savior who is the King of the world. 
And so we must be able to retrain our thinking when those moments come up and say, well, you know, so-and-so died of this, this and that happened, they lost out here, they lost their job, they lost their home, they lost this or that. You know, what makes you think you're any better? All you go back to is knowing what is your confession. What are you going to be speaking? Now, please don't go out of here tonight and think that I'm telling you that if you say something five or 50 times, it's going to happen for you. But I am telling you, the more you speak something, the more you believe it. It's just like when you tell somebody you love them. The more you speak that, the more you believe it. And that love grows stronger in that relationship. So we see the heart believes, the spirit is all connected right there. The confession is made and you begin to receive it by faith. You start to get a vision inside you and you start to confess it. You start to trust God with all of your heart. In this same chapter, look down in verse 17. It's the one we quoted just a few moments ago. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Would you say that with me? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. One more time. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more you speak something, the more you're going to believe it. Because you know what? You believe yourself more than anybody else. You do. You believe yourself. You trust in yourself. You know who you are as a person. So hearing these things begins to give you a vision for what is possible. You know, we keep talking about, and I started the series on Sunday about the rapture and about the second coming, and I'm, I'm really excited about what I'm going to be preaching on Sunday to you about and the things that are happening in our world. Folks, this is the time for us to be speaking out in faith about loved ones or friends that we have who need the Lord. This is the time for us to start claiming their salvation. Now, you can't talk them into getting saved, but you can do the spiritual battle and work ahead of time to keep all the doubt and unbelief away from them so that they can hear the good news of Jesus. Because sometimes people just have their ears blocked. What's going to be interesting is, and I'll let a little bit out here ahead of time because we won't get to this to the third Sunday. So here we go. When you and I are gone, when the rapture takes place, it's going to be like blinders get taken off the Jews. And they're going to see for the first time that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. The church age, the time of the Gentiles, will be complete because we will be gone at that point. And now in those years of seven uh, years of tribulation, in those seven years, the eyes are going to be open to the Jewish people. And just like the very beginning of the church that was filled with Jews who had accepted Christ as Savior and Lord, there's going to be wild revival happening amongst the Jews as they start to accept that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. It's going to be like literally things that was right in front of their face. Now the blinders are off and they go, oh, that's what it is. He is Lord. Hallelujah. Can you imagine in Rock Island over at the Tri-City Jewish Center to have all their voices being raised and they start singing Jesus is Lord? Oh, what a day as they see him as Messiah. These are the things that we've got to be speaking and praying and trusting God for. These are the beginnings that are there for every single one of us. I'm going to skip, uh, skip the scripture in Proverbs uh, if we can jump over to Romans chapter 4. Everybody else just turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 4 and verse 16 and 17.
Romans chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. Therefore, it is a faith that I might be, a, that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also of those who are of the law or of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. For it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. You know the story of Abraham and Sarah. You know that they had no children. You know that throughout their lives they wanted to have a family. And yet now as they come toward the end of their lives, in their physical bodies, in the age of a hundred years of age, what takes place? Sarah gets pregnant. Why? Because it says that God spoke to them. In such a way, he even said, I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham. I'm going to change your name from Sarai to Sarah. Every time they heard their names, they heard you're the father of a great nation. You're the mother of a great nation. It began to build their faith. The more that you speak something, you know, all of you that have kids, you know this, speaking to your kids saying, listen, you're the very best in your class. I'm believing for you to do good in your schoolwork today. I know that God has a plan for you. You start to tell them, I love you. I want you to know you always have my love. You speak those things to your kids and your kids are going to be secure. They're going to have a foundation inside them that no matter what happens, they're going to be able to be solid, solid like a rock. Why? Because the power is there. It changes their lives. It's faith talk. So as he speaks out here, he says, Abram, he went ahead and started changing the way he talked. He started telling everybody, God's going to give us a son. God's going to raise up a mighty nation. In fact, there'll be many nations that will come from all of our family. I'm sure people looked at him and said, you're crazy. You don't even have a child yet. But God. What was impossible in the natural, God did through his spirit. He called the things which did not exist. What didn't exist? He had no child. He called it as though he did. Thank you, Father, for my child. Thank you for the heir. Thank you for your plan for me. You made a promise. I'm believing it. And Sarah conceived and had a child. So it's fine for you to begin to say, Thank you, Lord, that you're my healer. I trust you now for healing to flow through my body from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I believe it in Jesus' name. What you start doing is speaking the word out in such a way that it builds your faith. And before you know it, it's not just building your faith. You believe it. You believe it so much inside you, nobody can talk you out of it. I know what I see in the natural, but I also know that I put my faith and trust in God. Hallelujah. So that if you're being under an attack with your finances, and in the natural it doesn't look like you're ever going to be able to pay your bills or ever going to be able to make it, you start saying, Father, you're my source in all things. I give you my job, I give you my home, I give you my bills, and I trust you to meet my needs something begins to happen inside you. You're talking in faith, and the more you talk it, the more you believe it, and it's put deep within your heart. Look down at verse 18 as we wrap this up tonight. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. 
He did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone, but it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses, our sins, and was raised because of our justification. God makes you just. God makes you whole. And there is nobody, when you give your heart to Christ, there is no one who has a right to say to you that you're not a real Christian. Well, if you were a real Christian, you wouldn't do this or that. Listen, if you made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you're a real Christian. Hallelujah. Don't let anybody take that away from you. It'd be like somebody coming up to me and saying, um, listen, you're not really a cully. What? Well, when you were in the hospital, there was another family that was in there that was, had a child at the same time, the Lapizonics, and they had a baby at the same time, and, and they got you guys mixed up, and, and you weren't supposed to be who you were with. Do you know that really happened? Really happened. They got us mixed up. Gave me to the Lapazonics. Grandma Lapazonic said to her, now I don't know, you know, Lapazonic and Cully, how that all worked. But anyway, gave me to the Lapazonic. Grandma Lapazonic says to the mother, I think we should change the baby's diaper before we go home. They changed the diaper. Bingo, it's a boy. Because they had a daughter. <laughs> Glory to God, and I'm not a girl. Come to find out, Grandpa Lapazonic, who had brought the mother in because her husband was on a business trip, when he came in, his first name was Cully. Cully Lapazonic. Now, how bizarre. My goodness, I could have been in a family that had a donut shop and made pizzas. I want you to understand something. Who you are is who you are in Christ. Don't let anybody tell you any differently. And even if somebody tries to take away your birthright, stand your ground because God said you are his child. I don't care how many problems you've had. I don't care how many mistakes you've made. I don't care how other people have given up on you. God has never given up on you. And tonight, as we pray together, let's stand up. If you would join with me. Hallelujah. If you ever had people tell you, listen, you're not going to amount to anything. You'll never be able to support your family. You won't be able to do this. You don't have the right education. I want you to know God can teach you everything you need to know. Sometimes we need to take more classes and learn certain things, and, and that's fine. That's good. I love education. But understand this. No one has a right to control your life. No sickness has a right to control you. You begin to speak to it every day. In the name of Jesus, you have no power over me, and I choose life. You speak things out. I thank you now that my body is healed in the name of Jesus. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. You start to speak out when it comes to your finances. Lord, you're the one who provides for me. So let's begin to pray tonight.
And I'd like you just to take a moment, think about some challenges that are in front of you. And as I pray, I'm just going to speak out the things that I'm hearing from God. And you be in agreement with the Word of God. You be in agreement that you're ready to have your brain transformed. You're ready to have your mind changed up. You're tired of allowing the enemy to plant thoughts of defeat. It is time for you to succeed. Hallelujah, Lord. Heavenly, we our trust in you tonight. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 And I take authority over all existing conditions within our body. We refuse to let that be the final say. Because we were created in God's image and likeness and our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we refuse to allow sickness and disease to control us in any way. I thank you that you readjust what needs to be adjusted. That you cleanse our blood in our bodies. That you command growths to be gone in the name of Jesus. That you cause chemical imbalances to be balanced out perfectly. That you are the one who renews our mind and can settle any kind of mental health issues. You are the one who puts the strength and life inside of every one of us. We speak to hearts. We speak to organs and body parts. We command you all in the name of Jesus. And we refuse to allow negative report to be the final thing spoke over us. We are not going to give up. We are going to trust in God. And now, Father, we trust you with our finances, with our homes, with our apartments, with our trailers, with all that you've given to us. We thank you that in the name of Jesus, it all belongs to you anyway. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So we put it all into your hands and we declare it is yours. It is yours, Lord. Hallelujah. It is yours. It is yours. It is yours. Thank you for letting us use it. Hallelujah. Thank you for letting us use it while we're here on this earth. Thank you for letting us fill this earth with your glory and power and might. Now, Father, we hold up ones that are dear to us tonight that have needs in their lives. And we trust you that you touch them spirit, soul, and body. Thank you that you're the God who is more than enough. You can change anything that we give to you. Help us to work on our confession. Help us to begin to speak life where there has been death, where there has been doubt. Let faith begin to arise and let your power flow deep within our hearts. We give you the praise and the honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and all God's people said amen. Amen, amen. You can be With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.